1: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
2: All right, welcome back to another week of Uncensored. We have Chris Gleim today, which is a treat he's rarely on. We try to get him on here. Erica Johnson, Dan Hood, and Brandon. Did you just forget my name? I uh, I had a stroke. Um, It's a rough Monday morning. But, yeah, so it's... uh, I finished up turkey season this past weekend, and I have some stories to tell about that, but uh, we'll save it. We'll talk about it in a little while, unless you think I should go into it now.
1: Well, for people that don't realize, Go Out's office is right on the border of Kentucky and Indiana. Yeah. Half of our team is in Kentucky. Half of our team's in Indiana. (laughs) And so we have slightly different hunting seasons, and you guys got one extra weekend to turkey hunt yeah, in so Indiana. is Indiana over now? Yep. yeah Sunday. Sunday, Sunday yesterday yesterday It ended. Did you get out
2: this past weekend? I did. Oh. Mm. Tell us.
3: Well, I was gonna make it seem like I got something, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spoiler alert. So I let's see. Last week, um, there's a lot of turkeys out in the yard. And I think I told you guys last week that that just wasn't working out for me. Um, but then someone told me that I could hunt on their property. And I said, like, cool, I'm going to try this out. Nice. Um, buy a pond and like a field of corn. And, um, anyways, so I check out in the morning, Wednesday and Thursday, maybe I did this like super early when the sun came up out there, found the tree. Set down, um, deer playing around and stuff. Uh, turkey, a hen came in, and I was like, Great! But I wasn't hearing any gobbles at how first. Close, light.
2: how close was it?
3: The hen was like a 150 yards. Oh, like in
2: a field, yeah. Okay, so it was in a
3: field. Um, I didn't hear any gobbles though. Um, at, at the beginning, so I was trying to do some calls, thinking like maybe I don't know if they hear the hen which was me that maybe they would come over and actually see the hen anyways um that hen stayed around for a little bit deer stayed around for a little bit nothing happened no dice went home
2: did you not hear any gobbles at all
3: oh i okay yeah so i did start to hear some goggles, goggles some gobbles um Quite a bit a ways away. So I took a path and like went down this hill towards where I thought it was, set up, did some calls. By this time it was getting late, and I was like, I should probably get to work. Um, and I didn't hear anything anymore. Mm. So I don't know if it saw me or it spooked it. It yeah. was getting like eight thirty or so about that time, which still wasn't bad, but I just kind of like, okay, well, we're done here. So end of that day. The next day, um, I went out a little bit earlier because I was afraid that maybe I. It was starting at daylight the first. Mm. The first day, got set up. There was a raccoon. Me and the raccoon came face to face, and I was like, "Are you gonna attack me?" Um, <laughs> and it, it didn't. It like turned around and ran. Um, and then I sat down. These two little uh, doe. I guess they were does. Um, they were like frolicking in the field for like a very long time. Deer are so dumb. Hey, like, the turkey, you could, like, you move 150 yards away. Like, you move your pinky, and they're like, ah, oh, my God, I see you. The deer, like, they, they saw me standing up at one point. Yeah. Because I was kind of coming in, like, at first, like, and they were out there, and they were just like, huh? <laughs> and then I, like, got next to the tree, and they were like, mm, I don't know where it went. Gone. Anyways. um,
2: Yeah, if the wind was blowing another way, you're you're fine with deer. Yeah. But turkeys are... Eyesight sight first. Right. smell first. So. It seems like sometimes
4: even if the deer see you, like, when I was out, my phone has this, like, hideous oh, yeah. yellow case. <laughs> and I, like, got up and was taking pictures of the deer. They looked at me. And I just took some pictures, and then they just kept doing their thing. It's yeah. like they didn't even care. Didn't feel
2: threatened. They're yeah. They are just like,
4: whatever. Like, okay, it's not deer season. I'm not worried about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> they know.
3: <laughs> um, but then so sit down for a little bit and pretty soon a hen comes in like a larger hen. And then, um, a, but it was still about 150 yards away where the last one was the previous day. And another one comes in and I was like, Oh, this is a Tom. And I was trying to like slowly get out the binoculars be like, please be something. Please be a Tom. It wasn't, it was yeah. a hen. Um, they, I sat there for about an hour with those two hens there never heard anything, called, cannot get a gobble at all. So I don't know if maybe they saw me coming in. I talked to the person that let me hunt there, and they were like, from where you were, like he knows exactly where they're coming from. Mm. Like he's just been on this piece of property like all the time, and he was like, no, like the way it was kind of set out, there's like hills and like brush and like where they're coming from, they wouldn't have been able to to see me so he says so he was like i just don't think that that from where i i know that they've been coming from that they would have saw you then especially like the timing that you come in so anyways i was like well maybe if i call the hens closer to me i'll finally call this tom in Mm -hmm. because if the tom comes in at 150 yards away like there's just no reason for them to like come over here. So maybe if I just go ahead and get him closer, this Tom is going to come in and things. Anyways, I was excited that I called the hens to me within like 15 yards.
2: No way. The the
3: hens were there, both of them. What would you you do? I don't know. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I would be embarrassed to show you how I do this mouth call because I just... (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just... It ain't right. Okay. I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, some people will tell you, like, the worst turkey, like, calls they've ever heard are from, like, a hen. Like, yeah. In the woods, like, they, I don't know. Like, some of them sound like what you think they're going to sound like. Some of them don't. It's weird. Like, I don't know. In that situation, trying to bring a hen over, it, she probably just thought you were, like, comfortable feeding, hanging out. and just Maybe. Kinda, kinda, or they were, like, you know, boss hens or something like that, and they heard you calling. And if you happen to be, like calling over them mm-hmm. at all they might have gotten pissed and want to come over there and like set you straight they might have yeah. thought it was like three different hens yeah, it was, could have yeah. also Erica has <laughs> a unique ability to make her sound or make herself sound like four hens okay <laughs> I
3: am two things accident. it's also probably why the turkeys weren't gobbling because they were like this this crazy is <laughs> we ain't no way Um but also uh I realized that for a couple of days I had the call upside down
2: oh yeah hmm.
3: Mmm. It's it, fun.
2: I've never tried that. Does it sound different? Sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, sure. the The way that it was supposed to be, it sounded, this call specifically, sounded a little bit more raspier. Yeah. Okay, this one was like, I'm real young. <laughs> yeah, I'm really <laughs> young. <How are> you? <laughs> I'm a baby. <laughs> um, anyways, they came over. It went in the woods behind me, the other ones. Um, I just finally kind of, gave up because i never heard anything and, and went back home um but then later that day um i cut through that property on on the golf cart uh to do something and i busted a tom
2: oh mm-hmm. man Bummer. So, do mm-hmm. you have any like a owl or owl alcohol or a, a crow call by chance Mm-mm. so next year that would definitely be something that like it's it's hard i mean in a situation where Tom is like hot, you know, and like you're pretty good at calling and stuff, like you can get them to gobble to that for sure. Um, But an owl call or a crow call, like you pretty much, it's just a shot gobble or whatever. So Mm -hmm. like you you can locate them. So like in a situation where you were in where you're like, okay, there's hens there. Are there Toms behind them or Uh Toms coming that way? Like you could just throw out a hoot or a crow call and locate and, like, okay, the Tom is behind them, but he's over this direction behind him. Uh, so I'm going to adjust how I'm going to set up and I might move or whatever based on that. Or like maybe you don't hear anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's been huge for, for me and Phil. Like you can, you know, make turkey sounds all you want and stuff, but like you never know, like maybe you're calling too quiet and mm-hmm. there's like a ridge in the way or something like that. That owl call or the crow call, it's just so loud that a lot of times you can you can get a gobble from like you know hundreds mm-hmm. of yards away. Is there like no, a physical no. call
4: that you use or you just learn to do it with your mouth
2: or Phil like? Phil does it just with his mouth. Um he does the crow and the the owl. Um but there are calls for both. Okay. Um so uh it's I don't know. I I don't know how much it matters like that you sound very close to a crow or an owl like mm. I mean, I was messing with Phil this weekend. I was like, "Hey, do a do a crow call," and he does one. And I was like, "No, a crow call, not like you're a woman getting stabbed in the middle of the woods." He's like, just like, <laughs>
1: "Ah,
2: ah!" ah. <laughs> uh, it works though. I mean, it's more of just like a loud, shocking noise that sounds like close enough to something yeah. they're used to. And a lot of times, you'll you'll locate an owl, and you can sit there and go back and forth with the owl, and that'll help too because. They're somewhere else, and it's like if they hear you and they call, well, now they're gonna get it gobbles even Mm. farther away. Mm. And if you're in the right place, you can hear it, um, and and make plays on them. But that would definitely be something that yeah, that's a good idea. Throw out next year. It's
1: such a weird evolutionary flaw Mm -hmm. because there's always that pause where you know you'll. you'll hit a call and you'll wait and you'll be like oh there's nothing and then all of a sudden you'll hear you know a gobble off in the distance so it's almost like they're thinking about it like ah uh, should really i give shouldn't. away my location <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden they're like i'm right here and they're just like oh
2: man every time i shouldn't <laughs> do that
1: <laughs> it's the one thing that lets all the predators
2: know where i'm at yeah and i keep on doing it yeah i wonder is did anybody know why they do it
3: <sighs> the I, gobble
2: the shot gobble.
3: Oh.
1: I would imagine it's like other birds where they're trying to alert other birds to to something in the area.
2: Huh. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But it's like specifically to a crow and an owl. Like those are like known to be the two that mm-hmm. everybody does. I just didn't know if there's something specific about that. But.
1: I think that's just what's in nature. But like you said, they'll do it to anything yeah, loud. Yeah, a or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a good season though. You had – uh you had some good chances. It sounds like.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, we have been running all week long with baseball games and this and that, and getting up early for whatever. So, I was gonna go out Saturday morning, Sunday morning. I couldn't, but Saturday morning, and anora was like, "Can I go with you?" Friday night, she was like, "Can I go with you?" And um, I did have access to this like blind building type thing and I was like oh I think I will take yeah yeah you can go and I was like are you gonna get up early though like we got to get up it'll be dark outside and she was like yes I wanted to go so I woke up and I was like oh man I'm so tired we have been like running all week long but this is my last chance and Nora said she wanted to go and I've Mm -hmm. never hunted with my kid before but this was gonna be like the perfect time to do it and so I, I go in her room and I'm like Hey, do you wanna do you wanna hunt with me? I'm going and she was like, I'm so tired And I was like If I didn't ask you, you'd have been up already yeah. bothering me. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so she didn't and then I was like, I'm tired too And I didn't either. Like you're such a jerk. Um so that was my own fault, but Yeah. No Anywho, that was twenty minutes of me
1: not doing anything.
2: Well, no, that's good. But you went out. Yeah, I went out Thursday evening with Phil on um that private property that we hunt, we're going to deer hunt a lot out there. He, he had hunted it maybe three times before I, I didn't go with him yet. So it was my first time turkey hunting that property. And, um, we actually had like some turkeys on camera and we were talking about going out Thursday evening. And I was like, dude, these guys are like asking to get shot. Like I, we have got to go out there and at least give them a chance here. And so we went out and set up and kind of the same thing. We had a hen come in at, I mean, 15 yards or so, and kind of just hang out and just kind of cluck for a little bit. And um, she ended up, she didn't walk right up to the decoy, but she kind of hung out for a little bit and then she walked off. And we heard several around us just walking, but zero gobbles the whole time. Um, so we don't really know, like, was it other hens or toms or what. Um, so we ended up, we left there. That was basically all we saw. Um, and then, Saturday morning, um, we woke up and went out to some public, which we had been hunting one area of public for the whole season and had good chances, but never really could call them in. And it's just a lot of ridges and a lot of brutal like areas that we hunt in. So we're like, let's go out to this one spot. We're going to walk this horse trail that follows this ridge and like call down through the finger ridges and stuff like that and locate and we'll strike some up and we'll kind of go from there. And Phil actually texted me Friday night and he was like, pray for gobbles tomorrow because I've literally never heard a gobble on this weekend and the past like several years I've been hunting. So last weekend of the season is, you know, a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I guess it's kind of like the rut is over Mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, uh, and I would guess, I don't really know that, but, um, so we go out to the spot that we felt really good about and, uh, it was me, Phil and my buddy Tucker and, um, he had already shot his bird i think he did like thursday morning and so he was just coming with us tucker or phil tucker had yeah um and so he was just kind of coming out just for fun he's obsessed with turkey hunting and he's just gonna like drop back call for us and so we go out there and we get to our spot perfect time good and early and you know start doing locating calls and everything nothing 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 we hike all the way back down this thing calling 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 not a single thing we're like gosh dang it so we get out of there, but the reason we liked this area was there's just all kinds of places that we can go. Like if we strike out, we just kind of can roll around and get into other stuff. And so we go check like two other spots, saw Tom in a field, um, on some private that we had asked permission before. And they were like, no. Um, so couldn't go hunt that Turkey. Um, and so we're just kind of driving along and feels like, man, in the past, I've heard a Turkey gobbling down in this ravine, like over the past few years, like, Let's go, let's go pull over and get out and see if we can locate him. And sure enough, he, he calls and we get a a gobble. We're like, oh, okay. Well, we look on the map and it is like a horrendous hike into this spot. And part of the reason we went to this spot was like, uh, it was going to be, you know, a little less brutal walking Mm -hmm. and stuff. It was tough. But, um, so it's the same place that I went with Phil when I tell the story of why I call him Philly Goat. Like the first time I went Uh, or the second time I went deer hunting with him, I had like a a giant climber stand, not in shape by any means. And we go out there and we're like hiking up and down the stuff. And I'm like literally having to sit down, like take a knee just to like get my breath to make it back to the truck. Um, I did much better this time. (laughs) A little little better shape, Uh, not carrying a climber. But anyway, so we got back there. And so we get down to this ridge and we're kind of like looking at the map and like, okay, there's a field over here. He's probably like either in the field or around the field. It was private. It was fenced off, barbed wire. Um, but we're like, okay, roughly going to be in this area. So we start kind of like getting quiet, walking the ridge. And he gobbles two times, and we're just walking, like no calling, no nothing. We're like, oh, my gosh, this dude is fired up. So we go, and we get like set up real quick. And um, Phil immediately starts calling a little bit because he, like while we were setting up, he's still just gobble, gobble, gobble. I mean, it was my heart. It's like the hardest my heart has been racing this whole season. I mean, he was like very clearly fired up. And so Phil starts calling and he's gobbling over top of Phil calling and Phil just keeps kind of going and he just, and he did, this was the first double gobble I've ever heard, but it was like, I mean, he like literally it was, it's called a double gobble, I guess. Um, and just let you know that they're fired up and uh, he's getting closer and closer and closer. And Tucker is set up behind me and Phil where we are. And he's calling behind us um, because we didn't have a decoy out. And so we Mm. wanted, like, Mm. we had to have the Tom kind of come in, like, closer to us and be looking for a decoy or a turkey, like, farther back so that he would actually, like, commit to coming in. So I actually, I never saw this turkey where I was set up. But Phil watched this thing come down the field, full strut, Come down, come down, come down. And where he was sitting, he wanted to make sure, like, he was on public before he shot. Well, he literally, he watched it crawl under the barbed wire fence, come through, and it, like, steps into the woods at 30 yards. And, like, I'm just, like, watching Phil's mannerisms. I'm like, he can see a turkey right now. Like, I know that he's he's on it. He's, like, kind of, like, tracking it, you know. And,
3: uh... Wait, did he have his bow? No. Oh, okay.
2: And, um... So he's like following it down the field, and he stops, and he's kind of like locked on. And I hear it kind of like walking around. Tucker said he actually heard it drumming, which I just probably wasn't paying enough attention. Um, And I see Phil pull the trigger, and he goes, tink. Oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) Oh, no. And then I see him quickly reach up, clear it. Eject that shell, slam another one in. Oh, so he had it loaded. He a desperation shot, and I'm like, "Okay, he's like, I heard him take the shot. I heard kind of the <gasps> like of the wings, and I'm like, okay, maybe he got it. So like, I'm sitting still, and then I hear like kind of some running, and so then I pop up because I'm watch. I wanted to watch like basically this, the nose of this ridge. Like I was if if there was another one with him, which we were pretty sure there was. Uh, it would have taken off running like down in that ridge. And I was going to shoot him if he came like around the corner. Didn't happen. And I'm kind of like watching Phil and he's just like kind of looking around. Then he gets up and I like turn around and look at Tucker. I was like, did he get it? He's like, I don't know. It sounded like when it flew away, it didn't sound good. And I was like, yeah, I like, hopefully he at least, you know, we got it and we can track it down and go over to Phil. And I was like, did you get it? And he must've responded, but I didn't hear him. Mm -hmm. And I said, did you get him? He goes, did you not hear me? Like he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I didn't. Did you get him? And he's like, no, I, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, what happened? And he's like, he tells the story and we don't know if just, it was like a firing pin issue mm-hmm. or, or what happened, which it, did it, he look at the back of the shell? So We found this, like we dug through all the leaves and we found the shell and it like the fire or the, um, Primer. Primer was completely clean, like mm. there was literally no so a indication. Yeah. And so our theory is, um, what's it? It's a semi-automatic shotgun, and so there's that kind of that lever that sticks off where the the breech is or whatever. And we wonder if like a stick or something. He said he like he pulled it back to look in to make sure that there was a load, and he's mm-hmm. not. He did it quietly. He said, "I'm not sure that I got it completely." back generally engaged, generally
1: if that breach isn't shut all the way you can't pull the trigger
2: so he pulled and it like we heard it go off so yeah he should see
1: if he has the bolt slightly open most guns you can't pull the trigger and won't drop the hammer if that bolt's not shut all the way yeah so
2: we don't we don't know because then i mean he put another one in and it fired fine so mm-hmm. it's like well, I guess he's got an excuse to get a new shotgun. yeah, <laughs> it'd be
1: hard. It'd be hard, man. if you it's kind of like a self-defense gun. like if you ever have a jam, you're oh. like it's always in your head of like, what if oh. the one time I needed a jam?
2: So, yeah, you know? he he'd been talking all season about next year he wants to do like a single shot, um, yeah. twenty gauge or four ten mm-hmm. or something with TSS. And um, I don't know. I, i'm I'm sure he's more motivated to do that now after that happened. But, yeah, so then we spent the rest of the day just, like, hiking, like, through a bunch of terrible, thick stuff, trying to chase down any gobble we could find. We heard one more gobble very far away for the whole rest of the day, mm. um, and that kind of wrapped it up. But just, just not meant to be, man. I had So I had my bead on one tom's forehead this season, and uh, we had a communication issue where Phil knew it was a tom, and I mm. didn't because of where he saw it, but... there was no way we would have been able to communicate like what we Mm -hmm. so i had my chance and then he had his chance and that's all you can ask for really i mean like when it comes down to like the last few seconds right of like you have your bead on an animal ready to shoot like you've you've accomplished everything you need to accomplish um it's just kind of we gotta we gotta get that last few seconds figured out Mm -hmm. um phil's nothing he did wrong it was just you know, a gun issue, so. Well,
1: I didn't even see a tom this season. Yeah. yeah me know you You've seen toms. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I heard him. I yeah. Lots of gobbles. So the
1: whole go wild office, no one's shot a bird this season. Yeah,
2: we all struck out. Yeah, it was tough. Jacob, Jacob got close, too, but no dice. I don't think Brad had very many close encounters. I think Brad only went out once, right? Yeah, once or twice. he super busy. Yeah. Um, so... Great season, man. Uh, I mean, it was better than last year, and it kind of seems like that's how our deer seasons have gone. We just, like, get a little bit better each year, and mm-hmm. I'm excited for next year, but I'm also already, like, fired up for deer season, shooting the bow, getting ready to, nice. to shoot one this fall. Yeah. Um,
1: Kentucky yeah. did uh, the elk draw on Saturday. Oh, they did. I didn't see any names I knew. I was looking for, you know, Jacob and Derek. and.
3: Yeah. Oh, did they enter? Or whatever.
1: Yeah, so they do the draw and they like live broadcast it. Mm -hmm. So I watched the live stream. Well, I watched the recorded version of the live stream and just was like keeping my ears peeled for any names I recognize. And it's hard. I want to say like the best odds are like cow Archery. And I think those odds are like 1 in 90. Mm-hmm. oh uh and then for like firearm bowl it's like one in 180 i think so
3: can you imagine getting drawn for that and then your chance goes in and then you have the gun issue <laughs> Oh,
2: like <okay>. you finally <laughs> that, hit that, well terrible.
3: and
1: i was telling amanda my wife that uh, uh that she was like oh well that would have been exciting whatever and i'm like yeah i mean it probably would have been like if i'd gotten drawn it probably would have been like six or seven thousand dollars so she's like oh "Oh my goodness yeah for a guide yeah for are you you
2: required to do a guide
1: no but they're saying that there's just so much private land you know very little public land Mm -hmm. and that all of the herds kind of know that private (laughs) lands where it's at and the (laughs) private land people Mm -hmm. will make it very habitable for elk because Mm -hmm. they want the guides to pay them Mm -hmm. to use their land so they're just like if you don't get
2: a guide your chances are slim to none so you don't get any type of additional access with the draw you just get the tag That's i'm not it. i'm not exactly
1: sure how it works but there's zones mm-hmm. and i think you have to apply for like two or three zones like first pick second pick third pick Mm -hmm. and then i don't think they let you know what zone you have until like three months before the hunt so then you're Mm -hmm. kind of scrambling for a guide because there's only so many guides and they're like oh man i actually i was thinking i was gonna get zone three but i actually got zone seven so i need to go with a different guide and it's hard to like scout so it sounds like you know i mean it's great that kentucky has an elk program but it sounds like it would be if you got drawn now that means that it's gonna be like six months of stress, getting in shape, you know
2: <laughs> scouting. You ain't you know. gotta get ready if you stay ready, Dan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh does Indiana
1: does Indiana have
2: elk? Uh uh-uh. uh no. not that I know of no
1: uh, I no. wish we did. Yeah. But. Um but yeah, is Phil going on the walleye trip with us?
2: No. He uh his wife is like weeks away from having a, their second baby yeah but this is we're just talking about what
1: in two weekends so yeah I was like, uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> where are you guys going lake erie nice yes, the wow. it's a western basin of um lake erie which is like you look it up like it's it's one of the best trophy walleye fishing places to fish in the country and um we're going with, like, the same charter or whatever that we did last year, but this year we have two boats and, like, an Airbnb, and we're going up during Walleye Fest, nice. which is, like, their derby. Or mm-hmm. not their derby, their thunder. Mm-hmm. Like, they have, like, a permanent walleye metal structure in the middle of their town square mm-hmm. that they all, like, party around for days. And so we're going to go do that. <laughs> that is and the awesome. most,
3: like... <laughs> Great. we party around this walleye statue well i don't know if it's like
1: <laughs> worshiping yeah, worshiping walleye yeah. <laughs> where i went to school in north carolina in the mountains of north carolina banner i think it was uh banner Elk or beach mountain had a woolly worm festival brayton's pulling me over but it was literally like you know you like, like to the little get wo- out of the frame the little <laughs> the little world woolly worms mm-hmm. and uh
2: they have a woolly worm festival the
1: whole town it was like a festival built around this and you find woolly worms in the wild and then you could like race them like they had like a big like. <laughs> no. yeah that's awesome. it was a big thing and it brought a lot of money to uh to the town so i'm sure this walleye festival is the same sort of thing yeah. where it's because you saw that those two guys just got jail time for the walleye yeah the it was
3: like 10 days though yeah. uh, what do y'all think about that because i saw a lot of people saying it wasn't enough they i think they got fined they got 10 days in jail And maybe, like... Surely they lost their
1: license. They lost their license for a couple years. The
3: fine had to go to, like, a charity or, like, a...
2: Their boat got uh, repoed. Non-profit. Um, they were like pro walleye anglers, yeah, so that from boat what was a, not cheap. Well,
1: pro quote unquote. They'd been it seems like they'd been cheating for a while for a yeah. couple of years. Yeah.
2: I'm not saying they were good, but they were professional. Like they had all the gear and sponsors. Yes. And so like their profession just got wiped out. They yeah. Got rid they lost their boat and surely they, they weren't making any more money well, from the Well, they were sponsors.
1: professional cheaters from what I understand. Professional cheaters, yeah. yeah. Um but it sounds like to me, like everyone kind of knew it with these guys like they uh. were stuffing these fish with so much weight so you'd look at a fish and you're like oh that fish that they got weighs twice as much as the fish i got and they're both the same length and thickness so it just kind of seemed like i mean it kind of stinks to be that way but you just you know you just can't take people at the word anymore there's something I'm going to make a good pun. You ready? Yes. Something looks
2: fishy. It might uh, be fishy. Strong work. Mm. Um, you know, I was listening to the the Meteor podcast when Jack Carr came on. And Jack Carr was talking about, he got like some really cool, like, um, I can't remember what it was. Like some crazy collectible that was just like, und- oh, it was like, uh, it was a typewriter from, uh, what's the, there's like a few famous writers. Capote? <laughs> Huh? Truman Capote no he's a, dang it okay screw it Jack Kerouac mm-hmm. no um, he's a famous like poet and like old school
3: Hemingway uh,
2: I think it was Hemingway yeah 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 and uh, so he has this typewriter from him and he's telling Renella this and Rinella goes oh that's cool man um, I have the knife they use to cut open the walleye to expose the cheaters <laughs> nah. like, so not to brag but <laughs> I was like that's funny it's it's become a like gigantic story like way outside I'm, of just like I'm people so, that hunt and fish
4: i'm so ignorant of it like oh, what man. is the
2: crime actually
4: is it that you cheated For, at a contest or a tournament or not yeah. forgery it's like um, if if i like tom brady deflated the balls or whatever mm-hmm. they're not putting him in prison what's mm-hmm. the difference between uh,
1: like, uh the, good question the,
3: yeah why isn't tom brady in jail <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> uh the, the i think it's akin to i want to say it's forgery
2: Okay. Or, I think, or and Tom Brady's fraud. A right? So I think the story with Tom Brady was that it was done without his knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Or there was at least implausible deniability. It's like if I rig my g- bat in the
4: MLB, I'm not going to prison for it. I might get a yeah. penalty. But, but Pete I'm not.
3: Rose didn't go to jail.
4: That's true. Like I don't. Yeah, know I think I crime. think if
2: you're
1: intentionally defrauding people for money, okay, in any way, I mean it's the same thing as saying like. Oh, my kid has cancer. Donate to me, mm-hmm. and then your kid doesn't have cancer. Okay. It's like, "Oh, you're lying about. You're going through effort to have people give you money. Okay, and and so it's a fraud thing. And, and I th- think for that tournament, I think the prize money was like thirty, forty yeah, thousand dollars. So it's it's a healthy amount of money, and it's got to be violating fishing. It wildlife says laws, um,
3: too. they. They were guilty of cheating. They pleaded guilty in March to cheating and unlawful ownership of wild animals.
2: That's mm. interesting. So that's a separate issue then. Yeah. I don't uh, know how they would have. But yeah. It's. But the thing for them, the reason
1: why I think it's such a big deal, it's because that community is so dependent on those tournaments and yeah. that revenue that, like, if people are like, oh, it's... It's because it, it's cheat anyway. Yeah, yeah, then the tournament goes away, the wildlife festival goes away, and those yeah. communities really get hurt. So they they wanted to go after them big time.
2: Yeah. I'm still surprised the jail time's involved. Surely that came from, like, the wildlife regulation violations not the tournament i think it came
1: from the tournament i think it was if you defraud people out of tens of thousands of dollars then i'm sure there's some contract you sign that's exactly
4: yeah Yeah. Uh, well it's a little
2: different than tom brady too because like if it's just like a normal like it's not like every game is its own like tournament that you like sign rules for and like sign up for and like there's regulation it's like I don't know. And he's operating like within a team. Yeah. Whereas like these guys are just like their own thing with like in a tournament competing directly that day, cheating
4: people out of money. Yeah, like Tom Brady's a bad comparison, but to me I would think that it's like you'd lose your license, you're never allowed to be in a fishing tournament yeah. anymore, but I'm surprised they get jail time. <laughs> I think yeah. The difference with to Tom, Tom, Tom Brady
1: is Tom Brady Tom Brady isn't taking money. If he wins, he's not taking money from the other team. Okay. But Pete yeah. Rose
3: was
4: but well, that that's, gambling. that's gambling, but I'm but
1: I'm saying like if you've got a bunch of people entering this competition, and one person wins, then they're getting everyone else's money. Mm. Where with Super Bowl, you're getting paid. Either. I mean, he might get a bonus for going to the Super Bowl, but that comes from the Patriots. And
2: Pete Rose always bet on himself to win. Did I
1: he really? Uh, really I really thought it was, Pete Rose
2: fan. Who was the yeah. guy who was like betting against his
1: team? I think it was a manager. There's been several.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know. There's but, a
1: big guy, and he was just like betting against his team every which way. He
3: <laughs> yeah. said they got 10 days in jail, one and a half years of probation. In addition, they were both ordered to pay a $2,500 fine, which, was, which can be reduced in half if they make a $1,250 donation to a charitable organization focused on fishing and children. Um, that's life. They also have their fishing licenses suspended for three years, three years. which is light. the maximum suspension they, forfeited the ranger boat, motor, trailer, and other gear used in the Walleye tournament, which was valued at $130,000. That's where oh, they got yes. hurt right
2: there. They lost all their sponsors and all their ability to compete for three mm-hmm. years. Like, now they got to... I mean, maybe they had another job, right? Like, And surely. I
1: wouldn't be surprised if they're getting sued by some of those sponsors saying, hey...
2: Ooh. Yeah, because so all, all, leave, all leave the pictures, people, they're standing there yeah, holding their like, fish with their big jersey on hey, with all these logos. Yeah, like. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But
3: pending what they're... If they had day jobs that were not this, like, Did they? nobody in the community is going to want to hire oh, them. Oh, they're going to have to like, move. Like, they, they can't. And, yeah,
2: they'll have they'll to have move. to get a house in, like, Honduras or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, or they'll just start being, you know, doing bass fishing or ice oh, fishing gosh. or, you know, get a new name, wear a mustache.
2: Well, they still don't have a
1: fishing license. Just for that state, though. Not oh, there. and three. Federal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's no federal... It's not like a no fly list. Like, yeah. you could just go to another state and get
2: a license. Yeah. Yeah. That is the thing that's interesting. There was the, the Bomar, I think it was. Is that the, mm-hmm. the Bomar case where, like, they did all this, like, allegedly did all this crazy stuff. I'm not sure where all the case landed. Um, I think there was some stuff that happened where the guides were doing things that they claimed they didn't know they were doing. Um, there's So there's some negligence, I think, last I read, but it's been a while since I caught up on it. But, like, they, and all of that big, hubbub they basically only lost the ability to hunt in like a few states like it was like they can still go hunt indiana presumably or something like that they didn't i don't know i don't i don't know i don't want like overreach and things like that but it it feels like in those situations like okay they did something bad in that state now we don't want them coming to our state to to -hmm. continue that behavior but i don't know all that stuff i wish i wish i kept up with a little bit more but i'm kind of out of the loop unless it's something major like that
3: you going to take some weights to the walleye tournament?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not a
4: tournament. We're just doing it oh. for fun. We're just eating well, them. So it's a no prison time. If you do bring the weights, then yeah, you'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I
2: mean, there's other ways we could get prison time, I'm sure. but <laughs>
1: Hooking up with seagulls.
2: Yeah, that's that's one way. Yeah, <laughs> What? No, that's, that we happened last, go there. <laughs> that last trip. Oh. Old Dan had a little oopsie, but it's okay. I didn't have an
1: oopsie. The seagull had an oopsie.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, it'll be fun, man. I'm really excited. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago that we went. I guess we're going earlier in the season this year. So,
1: yeah, we went at like the end of the season last year. Yeah. So yeah. we're going. I think not at the beginning of the season, but
2: in the, it's the hot time. It's yeah, the, the it's time. the rut for walleye. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> Is this good. where
3: you do the eight?
2: No, that's a muskie, where you do like oh. the eight on the surface yeah. to like predator fish. No, these guys are they're like. Last time we were going, they were, like, on the bottom. And Mm -hmm. so, like, you throw this harness out. Uh, It was just, like, an earthworm and, like, green bead, green bead, red bead, green bead, and then, like, a hook and a worm and weights. Yeah, it's not the
1: most technical of fishing. It seems like it's more about... Knowing the body of water, knowing the, you know, water temperatures, water columns, where the fish will be. That's where the real skill. So say you need
3: that. a guide if you're not or from you, the area.
1: Yeah, if you're not from the area, you need a hot tip. And honestly, yeah, where, hot tip Dan. <laughs> hot
2: tip. where
1: we were going, the, kind of the hot tip seemed just to be like wherever everyone else is, is yeah. where the fish are. Yeah. Because they would just uh, all be kind of... And there was some gamemanship as far as, like, telling people where you were going. Oh, yeah. People would be driving by and, you know, other other charters and saying, you know, radioing our guy and being like, you seen anything? And I'd be like, nope, not seeing anything, <laughs> you know. So.
2: Some of them work for the same charter, and they'll be honest with each other. But from what I understand, if you don't work for the same charter and someone asks, it's usually, like, expected that you're just going to be like, Nope, never right. seen one in my life. Yeah, um, but what there, is a walleye? <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a little bit of technique. I was the only one that caught. I caught two trophy walleye. Okay, and you all. I was there watching. <laughs> I was watching. You all. How did you do it, it I did it to the letter of what the guide said. He like there's a specific like technique where like you throw it out and you let it sink to the very very bottom and then you pop it a couple times let it sink back to the very very bo- like you let the whole slack come out of your line mm-hmm. and i was watching these guys they weren't doing that mm, so there's some technique i'm telling you and I, I want everybody to catch more fish that's why i'm saying it and if i he's if calling I you out if i didn't i wouldn't say anything i want us all to catch a bunch of fish all right we'll try the Braden method <laughs> no it's not my method it's the guide the dude that does it for a living's method yeah
1: I don't know what it is. Something about me having slack in my line just always makes me <coughs> nervous because I feel like I'm going to miss
2: a hook set. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't. It didn't feel right, but I was like, he, I says, like he said, th- do exactly what I say and yeah. you will catch big fish. And I was like, I'm going to do exactly what he says. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: Wait, true. Wait, so why was there so much slack in line? Because when you pop, pop, it makes all that slack and then it needs to come back down. Well, when And it- you were reeling it in. Well, when it lands on the
2: bottom it like it's a very noticeable feeling like you, the slack in your line like it's mm. deep mm. so like it goes all the way down with, like a oh. big football weight and when it hits the bottom it like it, you can feel the slack come out of your line because that I slack see. would let the worm kind of drift
1: down and that'd be like the opportunity to strike and mm-hmm. if I'm trying to keep tension on the line, so mm-hmm. I can feel a hook set. Even if I can tell it's on the bottom, you know, if the boat's slightly
2: moving on the water and dragging, mm-hmm. that worm might never settle down. Yeah, and you pop-pop so, like, it comes off the bottom and right. then flutters back down, and then each time it flutters back down, you let it hit the very bottom, mm-hmm. because they're, they look like they're eating stuff off the bottom. Um, so that's where you want yourself to be. Mm. And, dude, they're, they're, like, predatory fish, so, like, they got teeth and everything. It's, it's not like you're going to miss a hook set, I don't think. Like, for the most part, they hammer it. Like, I can't think of any time that any of us, like, got a bite up from a walleye. And it was probably, like, well, those little white perch or whatever. I don't know,
1: talking. dude. I feel like I feel like half the cast I made, I would keep tension on the line, I'd feel nothing, and then I'd pull up an empty hook. I mean, we were re-hook, We were putting worms on the hook. There was, yeah. you know, fish just... That's not walleye,
2: though. I think those were the panfish. That's true,
1: but every time you pull up the hook and it's empty, you're like, oh, there was something biting on this, and I didn't feel anything. I think it's like getting sharked.
2: Like Like, you know how sharks hang out? You ever heard about that? Like, salt? No. So, like, when you're saltwater fishing, like... You can even, like, catch a fish down deep or whatever. Yeah. When you're reeling mm-hmm. it in, it goes through, like, this layer of sharks wherever they hang mm-hmm. out, and you can get sharks where they'll just come up and they'll just grab whatever you got on the line or your bait and they'll just, like, take the whole situation. It was kind of like that with those little white perch, that little layer that they are they were kind of in, like, a upper, more middle column. And so you'd reel your worm through there, and that's when they would come in and you'd yeah. catch them. I caught a goby. Like, <laughs> there was all kinds of little it was Uh, fun though it's a fun trip i'm excited it was so pretty are the hooks really
3: big Mm
1: -mm.
2: no No,
3: they're just like is the bite different from a bass is it like more aggressive um or just different there was a
2: technique to that too i can't remember i feel like it was like grab let it run and then set it Uh, but you don't have to set very hard it's more like they kind of do the work like they have teeth and they freaking hammer it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's not like a uh, bass where, like, they shake their head, you know? Like, mm-hmm. when they get in their mouth, they shake their head, and so you're reeling the whole time, and you can just, like... It's like a heaviness. The, it literally feels... Because you like,
1: caught a catfish.
2: I did. You? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I forgot about that. I got, that, that thing I got the video was, you, you do. That yeah. thing was giant. Um but that felt different too. Cause it was shaking its head The yeah. walleye pretty much like grab fight for a second. And then they feel like, just like weight, like it's just heavy. Mm-hmm. Like you just feel your line. Like it just feels like there's something heavy on the end of the, your line. And the guide can literally watch like when you hook up with something, you'd be like, you know, got a fish and he'll look over and he'll be like, ah, that's not a walleye or that's mm-hmm. a walleye. Mm-hmm. Like he can just tell like within seconds, um, with the catfish, he was like, ah, oh, that's a catfish. <laughs> like wow. immediately. And that's it crazy. was giant. Like it was super, it was fun. um, but yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, we got that coming up, and then I mean, that's I'm going to start golfing a little bit. <laughs> that's that's all I got. Co- I know it's weird, but Phil loves to golf, and it's that time. That's
1: talk about one less hobby you need, man. You're gonna get sucked into that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can go fish like, or, or yeah, I can go fish morning, go golf afterwards or whatever that's when true. it gets too hot and go.
3: Brain is trying to do all the expensive hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Hunting, fishing, yeah. Brain's golfing. Brain's just looking for
2: ways to set his money
1: on fire. If yep. anyone knows anything. Yep. Gasoline it, and a match. A boat, yeah. Gasoline. Buy a boat. Buy a boat.
4: Buy a boat.
2: A camper that's in our future. Yeah, Yeah. Camper. We're, yeah. we're going to have stuff to do and no money to do anything with, but that's okay. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for listening another week, guys. If you could, leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you log the show um, on Go Wild and tag us. We got Chris Gleim, Eric Johnson. What's your name again? Uh, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, <laughs> Dan Hood, and Braden Ware. Thanks, guys. See you. <laughs>